Welcome to The Director's Take, a podcast where we explore how you go from directing something with your mates to being the most senior decision maker on a film set. I'm Marcus Thomas. And I'm Oz Arshad, and we are both writer-directors at the beginning of our TV and feature film directing journeys. The pathway doesn't exist, so we are going to do our best to help you bridge the gap. So welcome back. So last week we covered our journeys, I guess. We we talked yep. about who we are, where we've been, how we started, and we talked about our journeys into work, making our first ever film. I think why this is interesting is because we've both got completely different journeys and that's kind of symptomatic of how the industry works. There isn't one way to get in, which is kind of the beauty of it and also the problem, right? Definitely. And I, and I, and I guess there is an element of um faking it till you make it just how long does that faking it phase take yeah so we were thinking to start last week with the very beginning of our journey so you can learn a bit about us and see who we are and then from there we're just going to grow outwards mm. what the plan is now is you've made your first short film what the fuck do you do with it next because <laughs> it's basically it's it's a minefield right and no one is yeah. there to kind of teach you or baby you or, or show you the pathway if you're like most people you might be lucky and have mentors or have family and uh, who are already in the industry, but for most people, that's just not the case. Yeah, so um, you made no exposure, and we went through it last week. So, what did you do once you'd had the cut finished? You'd done the sound mix and the sound design, and you had the film in your hand. Your producers were happy. What did you do with it? Did you show it to anybody else? Did you do any test audiences? What did you do? I showed it to a few people at early stages, like filmmaker friends and that, just for for general edit feedback, and that was kind of like all helpful. Like looking at the timeline of when it would be finished, which was like July time, and we looked at the submissions for certain festivals and the one which it kind of landed on was the London Short Film Festival which we submitted it to. We ultimately didn't get in but it was around the same time as the applications for the NFTS to be handed in so I ended up just sending a version of it to that just on a whim basically. I didn't really plan to go to film school at all. I applied three or four years prior and didn't even get an interview so I just kind of I made peace with taking the long route in and then yeah it was it was just a case of when when I got my interview and eventually got in then for me it felt like the film had served its purpose because I made it specifically to stop being told no (laughs) because I didn't Mm. have a a new fiction film to show and I knew I could make something strong and my my physical work needed to catch up with what I could do with my writing Mm. so yeah I think when I had that film there and it, it represented the writing that I could do then it was like all right cool there's, there's no reason to be told no when I'm presenting you with a script showing what I can do next because I know I can execute it. Were you were you, were you you really proud of it that you'd done it? Did you watch it like six, seven times and oh, dude, like I'll, pour over it? I, I, I watch everything I do like six or seven times a day. Like I'll, I, watch, I watch things obsessively so that I can pick the mistakes in it. It's just being like really sort of honest with yourself about the work and watching it so obsessively that the emotion is drained from it to the point where you're looking at it as like ones and zeros, you know, oh, okay. Should that have been a one or a zero? It, it was It was a case of like the funding bodies who I tried to get in with and stuff before, like I sent it to my contacts who I'd made there when I kind of was unsuccessful. Once they saw that, they were then trying to put me forward and introducing me to people to then try and make something because they saw that I could really do it before they had an instinct and a feeling based on my writing and the way I came across, but I didn't have the thing. And when they saw the work, they then actively tried to help me. But I went to film school instead and took that route. 
where you have the opportunity to dig down into the craft specifically and also have your your films funded. So I decided to go that way. And then after that, it was a case of sending it to festivals to just get myself some exposure, really, as a filmmaker and to gain a bit more legitimacy. So we ended up applying for uh, British Urban Film Festival, which is like, I think, BIFA or BAFTA accredited now. Um, mm. it, was, it was one of those ones and we ended up premiering there. So that was that was really cool. And just lots of other ones around London, really, because uh, it, it's like very baked into London life. Did you did you go to the film festival as well? Yeah, 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 yeah. It, that was an important thing is is to is to follow your films around because uh, you never know who you're going to meet. So even just now, I went to a film festival in Valencia just for like a few days, and then you meet interesting filmmakers and they see your work and they all have their own pool of contacts and. It's actually quite exciting when you see a filmmaker and you, you genuinely like their work because when you're watching all these films at festivals, the standard is good, but a lot of the work or some of the work might not vibe with you at all. But there will be like mm. some work which you're like, that's really cool. I need to tell someone about that. And then you speak to the filmmaker and then you try to like throw stuff their way because you know how hard it is or you know there's ways which you can kind of like help them or, or at worst you can kind of, you can share their work further. Um, so it's one of those situations I made sure to follow the film around and and make as many contacts as possible so British Urban Film Festival was a good one because there, there was lots of people in the room who yeah were of a good level I've, I've, I've learned myself like I went to a film festival um, recently and I realised that everybody that's there are just there because they're not everybody but if people are there for different reasons I think like other directors they might not have the same goals as you do or I do um, some people are just there because they just love the fact that they're in that space with so many different filmmakers and, you know, you can just talk about a film and kind of nerd out about storytelling. Not everybody's there because they want to get their first directing gig on whatever, you know? Yeah. And I, can't, I, I, I quite like that because then it doesn't feel like you're there in a competitive sense. You're there to just enjoy watching your film with an audience. Yeah, you're celebrating the work. And it's one of those yeah. things when you watch... A f- one of something you've made with an audience it's a completely different feeling yeah it's almost like performing yourself and also it's kind of rare that you get an opportunity to actually especially at the early stages of your career it's rare that you actually get the opportunity to feel like a filmmaker and mm. when you're at a festival and your film's there and it's screening in a cinema which usually you'd go to to watch like a big film like it makes you feel like the thing is happening to you which it is so it's it's even just for your confidence. I think they're they're helpful in in that sense. Seeing one of the film festivals that I went to, I realised how kind of programming a series of shorts, almost like a playlist, or like when an artist does an an album and the way the the, the, the songs are sequential of the for the experience of the listener. Mm. It's the same with where does your short fit in that particular program, and sometimes that's why filmmakers do beat themselves up if it hasn't been selected at certain festivals because. It just doesn't fit the program. It doesn't mean that your film's not any good. I didn't understand that before until I had sat uh, a room where short films were played in a sequence on a program, and then I understood it. I was like, right, yeah, I get it now. There's a flow to some things. Like you might watch a really, really heavy film, and then there'll be like a little three minute comedy immediately afterwards to break it up. Mm. It's they think about it in those terms, and there, there's lots of things where they say like. If your film is 20 minutes long, it needs to be as good as 10 shorts or to be as relevant or immaculate to, to justify its place in a programme. 
So there's they think about it in those terms, and and ultimately it's a tough decision. There might be certain films, and th- the theme for that section will be like elevate or something, where your film is more monsters, <laughs> and it's yeah. and then yeah, it's yeah. like why would you put it in? It's it's just the way it it happens, but it's tough to take, and it it, it can make you bitter about the whole thing, especially when you go and see the films which are there, and they might not be as strong as what you perceive your work to be, um, rightly or wrongly. So it, it's. But it's, it's but the, the game's the game. The festival program, yeah. Yeah, the game's the game. And so to flip it back on you, what happened after finding Vatma? Like you've just been given the opportunity to make a 300k feature, which you kind of mm. you you managed to somehow figure out. It then got a bit of a release. Yeah, it it, it got like I said, it, it got that you know the the the, the studio, the British Muslim TV, they had secured a distribution deal. And then they just, you know, said that it's going to be released in 40 cinemas. And, you know, I think I said last week I was reluctant about it just because I knew that this was my first ever thing that would be going out there. And I was really conscious and worried about it, people judging me because I didn't I didn't know what I was doing. However, it did go out. It had a 40 cinema release and they actually, as part of their PR, I remember I, I was talking about how for them the distribution and it being at that on, on the British film register and it, it, it sort of like being in the mainstream was more a PR thing for the charity as well because the charity was linked to the studio British Muslim TV the charity was Penny Appeal and they wanted to get a lot of PR out of it so what they decided to do was they thought let's hire out Leicester Square <laughs> as part of the charity tour and have that as the kind of headlining first tour date to, to take the film into the Muslim community and obviously, me and you have been to the House of the Dragon premiere at Leicester Square. Yeah. Uh, and then, but it wasn't my first because I'd been You'd to been one there. in 2000. It was beneath you, if been anything, really, at that point. Yeah, it was, to yeah. be honest. You know, House of the Dragon, was, what's that? It was a bit long. And, 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 but you know what was, what was, what was crazy was um, there was, there was a similar kind of energy to it. Not obviously on the scale of that, but it was just mad. They'd, I think they'd sold 900. It was either nine hundred or a thousand, definitely nine hundred tickets for that Leicester Square Incredible. Odeon. Yeah, yeah. Which and and I don't know if they refurbed it now. I think they might have done. It, it, there was two tiers to it, and I was really nervous. And I was like, you know, they had the big poster um, in the Leicester Square bit of the of of it. If you name it, it was a really good, yeah, with my name on it. Yeah. And I was really, um, you know, I was going to do a Q and A afterwards as well with with kind of like one of the charity guys and one of the hosts of the event when they were doing the fundraising and um i think what some of the actors went down and i was like listen this is a this is an asian event this is not like going to cinema so don't go too early yeah and then they were texting me like we're two hours in they haven't shown the film yet i said i know they're doing fundraising they're trying to get money and that's the whole point um so we went down and um i remember i was i was a bit taken aback and i was a bit overwhelmed and i think then it kind of dawned on me that Ah oh, damn! If 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 this doesn't if this doesn't work, mm. I've got no control over what they're gonna watch because when you when you watch something with a load of other people, you're not watching it with the same eyes you were watching it when you were making it. You're watching it anew, mm-hmm. and 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 it's weird because you don't watch it with the same head, and it's like there's a bit different piece of your brain that you, you you're analyzing it that you've you not analyzed. F- you feel the energy before. in the room, right? And as the energy shifts, mm. you you realize why certain like. If you're not feeling tense when things are supposed to feel tense, it's because the room's not feeling it. And you're like, oh shit, I know that's not working because I felt earlier I missed this step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 it was excruciating to be honest. Yeah. And and it was very I was very anxious. I mean, when we showed an early cut to the finances, um, I didn't sit in the room. I actually walked out because I just couldn't take it. And then when this was happening, 
I mean, obviously, I'd, I'd I'd gone through the whole thing of finishing it, so I was a bit more grown in terms of experience. But that, that was really difficult because I realised when I was sat in the in in at the Odeon, I was like, that sequence is too long. That sequence should have been much quicker. Those edits should have been quicker. But all of these things are just natural to filmmakers because we're going to analyse everything and everything is going to be magnified when you're watching it with an audience. Yeah. So that's what happened straight afterwards. And and, and that night was a success um, in terms of, um, you know, what they were raising and just the profile and the PR that they got out of it. It was great. Um, and, I, and I really enjoyed it. And then I went to about five other dates as well. So this was just for the charity tour. Not This had nothing to do with the yeah. distribution deal and the cinema release. So, and I also went to Birmingham, which was great. I went to Bradford. I went to Manchester as well. Um and and it was just a really good energy just to see sort of like you know go into the muslim community and see their reactions and i think i think more than anything with that film the thing that was most joyous for me was the muslim community actually saw something on screen that wasn't maligning them or misrepresenting them you know just just with tropes and you know a, a white perspective yeah. it was actually quite genuine yeah. and i really liked that 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 that, that 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 was really nice to feel that and then after that um, obviously, it went into the cinemas as well. I think it had forty cinema release, yeah. um, and that was a bit brutal as well because I didn't know that at the time. It'll only stay on if people like it. Yeah. So if people don't watch it in the first week, it'll drop screens in the second week. And I think in the first week it was quite strong because they'd done quite a bit of PR um, around it, so that was all right. And it, and it stayed on maybe I think maybe seventy percent of them stayed on in the second in the second one. But then it just dropped massively in the third week and then just tailed off. That that was quite uh, an interesting experience. But it's part of a film's life, isn't it? You just can't. Yeah, yeah, it wait is. for that. Like I was saying, that you know the, the the objective of this film was not for general release and it wasn't for a general audience. So I I, I was happy with what it had done on the charity tour, and that that's what mattered more than anything to me uh, on how the audience reacted. And then off the back of that, when I realised that. Um, my own kind of areas that I needed to improve on. For example, I had never written or directed anything fiction like that before. The stuff I'd done before was just documentary, and it was more from a producing side that I was doing and some of the hobbyist um, animation bits I was doing for some of the charity clients that I had. So I realised that I'm, I, I realised then I'm right at the start of my f- storytelling journey, not even filmmaking journey. I actually need to understand what storytelling is and. I think I spoke to um through a couple of people um I think a couple one of the cast and then maybe one of the crew I can't remember had put me in touch with maybe a couple of agents and I remember I didn't even speak to one of the agents I just didn't take the meeting uh, and then I think when I spoke to the other person I just didn't know what to do I didn't know what to talk about but it was one of the it was one of the the biggest ones okay yeah yeah uh, because I remember being quite nervous about it and 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 just thinking because this was after this was after the film had kind of done what it had uh, what what it had done but because i guess on the mainstream circuit the 40 cinema thing it was regarded as a bit of a flop i think that that kind of made my anxiousness heightened mm. and anxiety heightened because it was glaringly obvious to me for the first time when i'd finished it um how much i didn't know about storytelling yeah. and i think that that made me really vulnerable and so you know i did i did quite a few um interviews i think you've seen one of them that i did at ITV yeah in Granada Studios and I did a few other ones and they were great experiences you know um I think the the sentiment and the ethics behind the film were really um were really strong 
um, and, and they're some of the same sentiments and ethics that I have now in my storytelling. So that that hasn't changed, but I just knew that the mechanisms of an understanding of storytelling was very, very, very early. So I didn't want to take any opportunities going forward that I wouldn't be able to fulfill. So I um, I didn't meet that other agent. Yeah. I think it was a big agent, you know. So you the had other two one agent meetings it, and you, didn't, you did one and then didn't go to the other. No. Another one of the cast had said to me, um, there was another film that they were potentially wanting to do, and they were saying, "Look, you know, you need you need to get you need to you need to capitalize on this momentum and do and do more." And then I just thought, no, because this I just knew that even though I didn't know what sort of filmmaker I wanted to be, because I was still figuring it out. I was like, I just knew that the the film that they were potentially talking about isn't the film that I wanted to do. That wasn't the type of film stuff I want to do. It's not the type of stuff that I watch. Yeah. So I went back into the lab then. Yeah. Um, and and started working on craft. But I think that's an important point is that <clears throat> is is that when you're you're making like your first short and you don't have the grounding behind you when you've got all this momentum it's like you're not in a place to capitalize on it properly. It might be that no. you don't have the next thing lined up. You don't even know what you want to make next. As you're saying like what your taste is, like necessarily you don't necessarily know what your voice is and when you're going into rooms and you're having to sell yourself at general meetings or with agents, they can throw questions at you, which now are quite, you know how to answer them because you have a sense of all that stuff. Mm. But if you're not ready for it, you'll be caught off guard by every single one and you'll get found out pretty quickly, I think. But a lot, that's a what lot it, of people th- go through, right? A lot of people kind yeah. of, they rise up and they learn on the job and they might survive, they, they might not. And then they might have to learn, do the same work later on and it's harder. Exactly. I mean, you've spoken, you know, many a times about failure and about how failure is tough it stings it's horrible but you know eventually you'll realize the wisdom in it and 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 what it was and there was a lot of wisdom in me with that film i learned a lot from it it depends on what type of a person you are there are people that i know who you know if they get they get stung once and twice and that's it it's done they won't they'll be like no i'm not doing it i'm not pouring that much of myself into something to be for it to be torn down for me personally after the first short the agent thing it didn't even really enter my head I mean, first of all, no one reached out to me. Uh, But also, I I had two other films that I wanted to make. And I always knew that Caterpillar, my my, uh, made it for my graduation film, I always knew that was going to be the one which would get me the attention that I needed to get found. Um, And that was my plan before going to the NFTS. I was going to make No Exposure, I was going to make Swing, and then I was going to make Caterpillar. So you had a a trajectory in your head of what films you were going to make? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had an idea. And each one was slightly bigger and more ambitious than the I, last one. I, I, I that, that that's something that I actually didn't know. Oh, really? I know that you had I know that you had swing, but I didn't know that you kind of had, you know, caterpillar and and and, and um in your back pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, caterpillar was the first script I wrote, and I wrote it, and I was like, this is too big. I, I'm never going to get the money to make this or the opportunity. Mm. So then I wrote swing, and then I tried getting that made, and then I was, wasn't even getting three or four grand to make that, and I was like, all right, well, this is also too big. So then I wrote no exposure. And, so I could go and do those. And then I knew with those three films, one social realist, one is a black comedy drama and the other was like drama with a bit of action. With those three, it, it would show what I can do enough to, to get on the ladder. So you had a strategy behind it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, um, but I was so early on, I, I didn't even bother reach out. I, I probably would have reached out to agents after I would have made Swing independently and just so... I was on their radar, at least, um, to have had the conversations. But 
after no exposure, it was like something I made with my friends. I wouldn't have been ready for it, like for that. Mm, I don't know what mm. they could have done for me other than pointing me in directions of funding and, and producers and stuff to, to work with probably like high level crew potentially and collaborators. But I would have probably been working towards a feature earlier as well, I think. Off the back of finding Fatima, did you have any industry meetings? Did you have like much interest on that front? I'd kind of like, you know, I went to various radio stations. I went to sort of like small local TV channels and whatnot. I don't think I spoke to any industry people, but I, I, but because I was so new to everything, I didn't know that was even a thing. Like, even with the agents thing, I didn't even know, like, like I, like I can't tell you the name because I actually genuinely didn't know. Like, you know, Phil, who was the DP, I think I said this before, that I didn't know he was from the NFT because I didn't know what the National Film and Television School was. Yeah. It was only when I applied to the National Film and Television School after the film got released, well, when the film was about to be released, I knew what it was then because I can't remember, somebody sent me a link to it and they said, apply for this because you're on, you're on, you've got a feature coming out. So I just, I just applied to it and I think I just, I just wrote some, I don't know, I I, I, I just wrote some shit in terms of the, rationale behind it yeah, yeah but i think that they must have just seen well this person has done a feature and i think on paper when you see someone's done a feature it's in a context is yeah, yeah. And, and and there's no context to it so um i think that they, they thought right he's worth speaking to so i didn't speak to any industry people no um i didn't the only industry people i spoke to were nfts yeah because that was that happened kind of like at the same time as when the film was released in april 2017 I think it's important to highlight because fair enough, it was at the NFTS film school, but it wasn't the full course. And I'm not saying this to no. like shoot it down, but I mean, like just, just because it's helpful to people to know out there because most people can't afford to go to film school. And so this is like an access scheme, right? It, it, it was called the direct diverse or whatever. I don't even know diverse what it was called. Directors the direct workshop. directors yeah, workshop. And like I said, I didn't know anything about it, about where, where it was. And then when I went there, they were like, this is going to be, initially like a um, a month of actual hard teaching or two weeks it was i can't remember and then you know the rest of the time you we're going to give you 10 grand to make a film and i'm not Which lying i did not yeah i did not i did not i did not know where i was going to do another film from after finding fatima because i was just like i just need to go back into the lab and just do whatever i need to do to learn story and then when that happened i was like right well i've got skills so I, i've learned off of, of finding Fatima how to do stuff from a producer's point of view as well as as well as from a director's point of view so you know I can, I can do it and um it ended up being that we it ended up being something like nine months wow. like it was we, we didn't we didn't we didn't finish it until like the beginning of 2018 mm. and we kept going back and forth like having meetings at, at BAFTA and whatnot and having development meetings just because it was a pilot scheme um, and there were six of us from what they were saying there were like 476 applicants you know and we there were only six of us that got chosen for me going to and i'm not i'm not advertising the school here but i'm just talking about my experience me going to nfts for that short period of time is what i guess changed my life my, my filmmaking life yeah because it made me think about filming a completely different way yeah which is which is important especially i think I think this is why festivals have their place and also like these funding schemes in general because essentially this is almost like a bit of a funding scheme right like it's a bit yeah it's like a competition element to it and you kind of you you won it's, it's like in, you have an in, backing of an institution and these mm. things are important because when you get into these rooms you see the level you see like what everyone's doing around you 
and then you realise yeah. that actually you're you're in the same place as these as these guys. You can do it. And and my and my cohort had some big hitters in it. You know, the six the, out of us six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so, all doing great things. Who I'm sure will bring on at some point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, and it was just wonderful just to kind of be at that start of their journey as well. Yeah. The alternative is to doing this is is to go through a more traditional funding route, which would be like applying to like BFI Network or. All these types of things, or there's other competitions and, and stuff like that, which, which I also did. Which you also did. We'll, talk, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, the I think these these are the other routes. And again, you get in rooms and you kind of go through a whole development process. Um, like I I went through like a development process with with one of my scripts, Swing, through uh, through like a BFI network. I think it was um, iShorts at that time. Yeah, so th- this was ended up working with uh, the producer of like one of the producers on Slumdog Millionaire, uh, Vanna McKinnon. She's done lots and lots, and uh, she kind of guided the the process. And it was the very first time that I ever got like notes on a script. And I remember she was interrogating me on things, and I had I was just defensive because I had no reference of I didn't even know the process of it. Like I was so raw, and I remember sending a script to someone to a producer before years earlier. And I look back and they just gave me, they gave me notes, like genuine notes on the script. And I remember getting wow. it and not replying because I didn't know how to take them. But now I look back, they were really generous in taking the time to give me genuine feedback. Um, and it wasn't because I was like bolster or trying to be a dick. I just, I just, I just thought they were attacking the story. I didn't know that you had to keep rewriting. I just didn't know. Because when you're writing something, you feel it, right? And it's real, but other people don't experience it the same. So, um, yeah, so I, I think when you kind of yeah go through these routes you kind of need to be prepared for these sorts of things to understand the processes of 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 writing and and what it is um and there's lots of harsh lessons to be learned i remember going to you know speaking about you know the bfi you know public funding routes um obviously you you had got into the nfts so your route was to have three shots in the nfts done now do you think there is a rule of thumb to how many shots you've got to do? That's a good question. There's not a hard and fast rule, but I would, I reckon three is a good number. I, I think in terms of there's a lot you can do with three shorts. I think if you kind of build properly, because your first one, you might make it with your friends, bloody, bloody, blah, blah, blah. Great. You throw it out as it, it'll be less than 12 minutes, potentially. Your second one, it can be, higher budget it can be around the same sort of length cool you've learned lessons where i think where film festivals suck slightly is where you're looked down upon for having a longer film whereas there's no in between between making shorts and actually like directing tv and film and so it then leaves you stuck on wanting to make something less than 15 minutes but for development purposes you need to be making stuff around 20 minutes plus i think because it's if you're doing something which is about seven eight minutes it's almost like a sketch almost unless you're doing something interesting visually it's it's a situation and that's kind of it if you're doing something like 20 minutes you need to learn to build scenes stack scenes and set up and pay off and like leave threads hanging in the air to kind of revisit and build character and i think that's really important to know so i think you can do that amongst free shorts as a minimum i would say but Mm. also it depends on the learning you're doing around it exactly it's the learning is crucial. Like I was a video producer, so I was I was using my day job to I was editing all the time. I was always working with camera operators. I was always shooting. I was always like planning and executing. 
I was every time I was on a shoot, I was always trying to think, how can I make this useful? Or how when I was doing the creative or it's like to fill out a creative brief, I was like, how can I do something different? And a lot of that is stuff which just kind of put me in good stead. So when I got to the NFTS to make stuff, I was so far ahead of the starting point there. I felt like and 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 those those transferable skills from so just to fill in the blanks when I when I decided that I was going to have to go back to the lab and I didn't just jump onto a Netflix show after finding <laughs> Fatima I was like I've just I've just jumped out of a career and um this hasn't quite worked out how it was meant to work out so what what am I going to do now and cuz at that time I was so conscious of saving face because everybody was like why would you in your mid 30s well it was over at the age of 35 why would you change career after your 10 years in your pension everything yeah to go and do this or okay he's got a film that's in the cinema and some of the teachers had gone to watch it and I was like yeah and then when it didn't didn't it lead to anything and I realized that it was um it it was glaringly obvious I needed to do work you know that was also a really hard thing to, to to take but what I did was because when that came out and during that moment of me learning, I'd already secured that thing at the NFTS. So it legitimizes it. Yeah. So I had the yeah. I had the next I was I had all of the next branch before I let go of the last one, and then I knew that okay, this is a great place. For, looking back now, it was a great place for me to start understanding story and visual storytelling there. Honestly, some of the stuff that I learned there, I remember still now. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. because it's, of the teachers' the fundamentals, right? Yeah, because of the teachers that we had. Yeah. Um and that was that was that was really really important to have i've done what two shorts that are on my imdb um but i've done other work um and i you know i I would love to do another two three shorts do i need them before i go and do a tv job no but that's not why i'm doing it i'm doing it because you 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 do the thing you reflect you look back and you do it and and you do the next thing it's the learning isn't it yeah, yeah. And with directing, the more you do, the better. You, well, technically, the, the you're supposed to, you're supposed to get better. If you don't get better in the job of directing, I don't mean the writing because you could get handed a shit script and you might not know about it, and you might not just see it and you might shoot it. But as long as your job's right, yeah. um, you, you need to be improving each time. Yeah, you should be. I, I think you you touched on a couple interesting things there. Is the first one is that. Your friends and family will not have any fucking idea what you're doing at any point. And they will think you're wasting your time, your life, and wonder why you don't have a house or anything else. I mean, it's different for you. You had a house and stuff, but like, it's people don't understand, right? They don't understand what you're trying to do. They don't understand the vision. And you're kind of just, even though they're there and supporting you or saying they support you, they don't understand and they can't relate. So that's just something you have to make peace with, unfortunately. And Mm -hmm. that's why it's important to go to these festivals and get yourself on, apply for like talent labs and local things, no matter how big or small, and go to workshops because you'll be surrounded by people who feel the same. Who are equally doing this shit in life. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So you can all struggle together in the struggle Olympics. Um, And yeah, I, I think the other bit is what you touched on is momentum. And I think that's the key part with all of this is that fair enough, you made the first film and I made the first short and then like you go out, you might not be ready, but you need to have the next thing lined up. So for you, like, even though you didn't know what you, you, what that was going to be, you, you knew that you need to learn and a feature is a big thing, which can last a while on a CV, to be honest, you went back and you kind of revisited the craft and that was your next thing. Cause that was the next step in your development. For me, yeah. it was like, I had an idea of what the next short and it was either film school or taking the funding route. I was going to get there one way or the other. But the next thing was like, 
if if someone had approached me like from a funder or or an agent I could have told them what I was going to work on next and that's what's really important because that's how you build momentum and there's that whole nugget from Ava DuVernay right where it's like people aren't attracted to potential they're attracted to momentum because I think we've kind of somewhat done it through not luck but we've done it without realizing that we've done it built momentum but that's kind of what it takes so when the first thing lands you need to be learning as much as you can so that when something does come off you you're kind of prepared for it and you're you're ready to capitalize on these opportunities yeah 100 percent. momentum is momentum is all that it's about and everybody's momentum looks different some people's momentum is having something in development and they've just you know just been signed up to a massive agent and they're doing something else your momentum might be that you've got you've got three scripts that are ready to go and you know you the, the couple of industry people have you've been on two three talent labs and you might be starting on a short a funded short but as long as as long as you're edging forward to get to where you want to get to then that's then that's cracking i think that's a good way to round out because there's no kind of yeah. there, there is no shortcut or route <laughs> but yeah. if you've made your first short it's basically like to really think about what the next thing is and what the next steps are that you need to take and be really honest because a lot of people look at film school and things like that and think it's going to be the thing which makes them it doesn't you see the success stories there but you don't see the 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 multiple people that go there each year and and kind of out in the wilderness afterwards you have to do the mm. exact same amount of learning regardless of which way you go when when you go to do anything like any opportunity you need to be ready for it so it's a lot of it is about learning i think as well when you when you first start out apply for everything because because yep. you just you, you don't know it's, it's a numbers game you might yep. not get onto any of them but if you keep applying and get into a habit, the more rejections you get, the, you know, the better you'll get at applying and the better you'll get at writing the fucking painstaking synopsis of your life and, and why you want to do something and why this training is going to help you and how it's going to develop your career, which is all fluff, but it's yeah. necessary fluff. And I think what I would say, which I, I, I'm mentoring a couple of people now, and I think one of the things I emphasize to them a lot is the taking chances in mm. terms of reaching out to strangers like by Twitter there's so many people you can like follow who are sort of like maybe just a few steps ahead of you they might have had like something get into like a big festival or whatever else they're so accessible like via Twitter like just to have a general conversation with or to reach out to uh to find an email and be like can I pick your brain for an hour and we have the glory of zoom now like you can literally people will give up an hour on a zoom call I'm so mm. sure but I would if someone reached out to me and like I could see they were genuinely trying and they've done bits and bobs like mm. there's there's nothing to lose from from reaching out to people for like even just to to get a chat for some more perspective well i think that that brings us like off off our kind of marquee subject to a bit of structure so we're gonna we're gonna just <laughs> talk about our uh what we've been up to this week so marcus what have you been up to this week yeah this was this was your idea and i think it's actually a smart one because again it's just saying like I think when you're a filmmaker and like social media, I, I always moan about it. It's not real life, right? It's it's basically like the highlight reel. It's it's like gambling. You see when people are winning, but they never talk about when they're losing, which is not that your life is losing, but I think it's it's much slower than the highlights would suggest. So yeah, this week I'm working towards doing a feature. So I'm I'm just writing. Like my friends speak to me and like what you've been up to. I'm like it's like Groundhog Day. I can just say I'm I'm writing. That's what I'm doing. I'm writing. I'm playing PlayStation. Like I'm playing God of War, Ragnarok, and FIFA. But I can. I'll show you my diary. My diary is literally like Monday. I wrote. Tuesday. I wrote. 
Wednesday. That was um, that was my my way to break up the week. So I met an actor in the morning. I then uh, scheduled to watch After Sun at the cinema, and then I watched The Menu straight after. And then I met a director uh, friend, Kate McCoyd, who is really really strong. I met her for dinner, and then Thursday I wrote, and then I watched Bones and All uh, at the cinema, and then today I'm doing the podcast. And I'm going to write afterwards. That's what my life is awesome. like. Yeah, it's um, Brilliant. there's there's not much special shit going on. It's just it's consistency. Shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And just so when, so, so, so when people see you on that deadline announcement or whatever it is, you know, this is what's this 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 right now is what's the step that I took to get to that deadline article. Yeah. No, exactly. There's and no glamour in it. There's no fucking. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's been like this for five months of just, <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'm not being paid to do it. I'm doing it off my own back. It's one of those ones. It's like, yeah. what else? It's either this or don't be a director. So, yeah, you just kind yeah. of work away. And how about you? What's been going down? Yeah. So this week, my reality has been I've got bill, I had bills work to do this week, so I had to pay some bills. So I did some, I did I did some um, con- consultancy with a couple of clients this week, uh, and I've got a corporate shoot tomorrow to do. But other than that, yeah, it's been all right. I've, 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 I think we've got a producer on the shot that we got some funding for. Nice. So, um, then th- I think it's going to be a co- there's going to be two of them, um, because they can both bring something unique. So they've they've agreed to kind of do a co-production, a co-producer credit on it, which is great. Awesome. I can benefit from both of them. So we've been doing that. Um, I'm also wanting to shoot another small um, short. I think I, I really want to just just do just do short shorts. So. Uh, the writer she's on draft three of it now i've got a meeting with her after this about it um and then i'm developing a um like a tv series um with with one of the assistants actually from house of the dragon um Mm -hmm. and we we're at really early stages but that's been kind of like developing in my mind yeah Uh, and i've made a lot of i've made a lot of headway with the story and the motivations where i think i'll probably start writing it soon to be honest yeah um And that's about it. So even though, you know, doing the corporate stuff and doing the day job stuff is, um, you know, sometimes it can feel like it's distracting. But for me, that stuff is quite meaningful because it's in the charity sector and people people need, they need stuff. Yeah. I'm on about, I don't mean my stuff. I'm just saying that in the charity sector, it's there to serve vulnerable people. So, you know, it's not, you're not just doing some dead end shit. Um, there's a there's there's a there's a focus to it. Um, so um, yeah, I've been doing that. So that's what the that's what the weeks look like. And then next week I'm on a um, last week I was shadowing as well, which I told you about. What have you been shadowing on? So I can't I can't say what I was shadowing oh, shit. on. You're on NDA. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I can't. I signed an NDA. I can't say. It. And then I can't sign. I can't say Fucking what I'm doing NDAs. next. <laughs> and, I, and, and, and I'm on a I'm on a, a director's thing next week, a director scheme for a whole week, and I can't say what that is neither. But this is what you were talking about, isn't it, Marcus? About momentum. Yeah. It's about it's about trying to keep spinning those things, keep spinning those. It's creating the groundswell of stuff. And, but and, and and both Marcus and I are completely different. You know, Marcus. Um, and <laughs> not that I'm saying anything about, about people who are by themselves, but everyone's different. I've got free. I've got kids. I've got I've got commitments, so I have to do that around around that. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, we're both doing exactly the same thing. We're trying to edge forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it takes time. And you can't yeah. make time go faster. No, you can't. And you shouldn't wish it to go faster either. And yeah. even like, you, you know, you were talking about emailing people. Like in my inbox this morning, I've had two replies from people. Well, I've had ongoing things for, and one of them said, oh, we meet in the new year. It's taken that person two months to get back to me, right? 
and I had to mm. get an intro from them from a general that I had. Mm. Mm. And 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 he wants to meet. He wants to speak to me in the new year. Like this is how long stuff takes. But you have to plant the seeds. Yeah, you're not going to get momentum. Yeah, no, exactly that. And I guess what have you been listening listening to and consuming this week? We've got a whole thing called a nugget of the week. So we were thinking, what inspires us? So what can we spit back out? So my nugget of the week is the Directors UK uh, podcast episode that was released this week between Charlotte Wells and Barry Jenkins. They discuss After Sun. So I watched After Sun as well this week and um, straight away that podcast has dropped literally the day before. So I managed to listen to that and that was uh, very insightful um, in terms of process and filmmakers going from shorts to feature. Yeah. So I advise people should dig that out, find it and listen to that and take from it. Because I think that's part of what it is, right? Is is um, I think if you want to be a director like everyone starts off wanting to direct or act or people get into it because they love watching films but it's one thing to love watching films it's another to love filmmaking like it's a different Mm. thing and I think that's what you kind of need to do right is like you watch Mm. something like a film and then you need to figure out how the fuck they made it you need to look at it like craft wise and, and and that's where the information is kind of key and that's a great podcast with like because you've got basically got like especially directors uk podcasts it's the uk equivalent of like the dga ones right essentially Mm. where you have a director asking a director questions and barry's all about art cinema and that's basically what after sun is it's just art house isn't it yeah 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 it's a great podcast Mm. so what about yourself what's your nugget of the week i know you've sent me a few because both (laughs) of us we go back and forth regularly on stuff to discuss stuff yeah, I was a bit worried about sending you that because it was like 1 a.m. I was like, I hope his phone's on silent, but if it, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> it wakes him up, that's on him. Silent. All right, good. Um, yeah, no, I listened to um, the CEO, no, was it a Diary of a CEO podcast, Stephen Bartlett, and he did a podcast with Labyrinth. And Labyrinth, I've been a fan of his for, for years and years and years. He's a genius at what he does. I, I love music, but I'm, I find myself, I'm, I'm attracted to people who are genuine artists. And I've seen him live a few times. And he just goes on every single, he plays about five or six instruments when he's there. Like he's, he's just like a genuine, like it's just pouring out of him. You can just feel it. And so he, he kind of talks about his journey into it and being honest as an artist and true to what he wants to do. Because he got success doing mainstream stuff and came up through the UK essentially being trying to be like squeezed into being a certain profile of musician especially being black and working within urban circles like that seems to be what he was he was like known for when he sat there making love songs like jealous (laughs) which is like it's almost like an emily sunday or like sam smith or adele type song but he was still being thought of as like an urban artist which is just weird so he went to la to kind of reset and refine himself as a as an artist and kind of be true to himself and had to break away from the people who were surrounding him who were kind of like trying to push him in directions of money and things and and really sort of like rediscover who he was and he said he actually did that through working on euphoria that creating that soundtrack he feels like that's the most authentic version of him so yeah it's, it's a really inspiring podcast about what success looks like whether the success makes you happy and then being true to who you are and he talks a lot about he creates lots of metaphors around what it is to be an artist as well um oh great yeah Really, really cool. So highly And that's it, isn't it? Like, and, and, and success for everybody is different. Like, you know, we live in, you know, sometimes success is just governed by, because we live in a capitalistic society, success just looks like, well, the more money you get, the more successful you are, which is absolute nonsense. It's not it. It's not it. Because so then you'll you, never be fulfilled. No. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. What What is it that fulfills you? The, the, the impact should fulfill you and everything else is a byproduct. Exactly that. 
Exactly that. So this concludes our second episode and we will see you next week where we'll be talking about more interesting things related to the life of two writer-directors trying to break into the industry. Just trying to fucking figure it out, man. Yeah, <laughs> Just man. trying to figure it out. Uh, so if anyone does happen to be listening, get your questions in at the director's take at outlook.com and we want you to tell us what you want to know about directing or the film industry at large and we'll do our best to tell you. Yeah, because we want to shape this as a resource for you so that you can get your questions in. And reach out to us on the Instagram as well, which is the Directors Take Podcast on Instagram. You can DM us and we'll, we'll reply. Probably reply. Uh, so yeah, until next time, keep learning, keep failing and keep the faith.